0: Hi, I'm Orla McNeilis.
1: And I'm Ricardo Deakin,
0: And this is The Recommendation Game, a weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch, and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is... Rolling
1: up your sleeves, <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: Yes, I mean business. This week's film is 1971's Wake and Fright, directed by Ted Kotcheff, produced by George Willoughby, screenplay by Evan Jones, based on Wake and Fright by Kenneth Cook, Starring Gary Bond, Donald Pleasance, and Chips Rafferty. Music by John Scott. Cinematography by Brian West, and edited by Anthony Buckley. So the IMDb synopsis is: After a bad gambling bet, a schoolteacher is marooned in a town full of crazy, drunk, violent men who threaten to make him just as crazy, drunk, and violent.
1: <laughs> I think that's the best IMDb oh synopsis so far.
0: Oh my God, that that is officially the best. Oh God, we can we can pin that to the wall. Um, so. <laughs> This crazy, drunken, violent film was chosen by Ricardo. Why, Ricardo?
1: Well, it's uh, one of those films that has a history of the making of that is as interesting as the movie is. Mm. The movie was released in 1971 to great acclaim at the Cannes Film Festival. Did it I think. win
0: the Palme d'Or or director? Uh, at least
1: nominated or the Grand Prix or Best Director.
0: Uh, yeah, it won something.
1: And, uh, but... It disappeared. Didn't make good business. Uh, I don't blame people not wanting to watch it. Uh, but um, I read somewhere about the like one of those great homemade movies or movies that disappeared. Mm. So I knew about this movie for a few years, you know. Yeah. And then um, it got re-released a couple of years ago, even in the cinema.
0: Like well, yeah, it got restored. Well, they didn't yeah. they find it? Wasn't yeah they it found the print in the I read that and I was like, that's amazing.
1: Australian National Archive or something?
0: No, no, I they they saved the print from like a dumpster or something. There's some crazy story about like um, the producer. I don't know if it's uh, George Willoughby or, or what, like or the editor or something tracking it down and literally finding it in a dumpster just before it was about to be thrown out. Like it was pretty intense.
1: Yeah, last minute, and, well, if it is the case, I didn't know that, but <laughs> it, it is, and it got during the Martin Scorsese chaired uh Festival, which it was a few years ago. It's one of the few <laughs> movies, one or three, mm. uh, that has been screened and canned twice. And Scorsese said that it was a masterpiece, and I'm sure
0: people walked out on each occasion. Yeah,
1: and and I saw it then because I had read like Nick Cave saying that it was the best Australian movie ever made, etc. And obviously, like, uh... and being that the proposition had come out, I don't, I can see the the parallels there. Yeah, Uh, but bring it to short is that it's a movie that. In a way, the reason why I picked it is because I've had to build myself to watch it again, and then needed an excuse to watch <laughs> yeah. it again. Okay. Because I think it is a masterpiece. Yeah. But it's a movie that I hated watching the first time. Yeah. And I hated watching this time, and but, but what was funny is the the first time that I watched, it, I had some issues with it mm. that were addressed by the second viewing. Okay. Because I knew uh, what was coming. I was able to take it in in a different way. Yeah. And it is a very different movie and a very intense movie. And I was just wondering as well uh, what your take on the movie would be because there's a lot packed in within the two hours. There's so
0: much going on. In this film. In so many levels. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: It, it, it is an interesting, the same way that uh, you've picked uh, a couple of w- movies, it, it, particularly We Are the Best, uh, reflected uh, in a way you growing up. Yeah. But does in a re- different does society. Does
0: reflect your growing up in your childhood in Australia or...
1: No, like the same way that it didn't reflect you growing up in, uh, <laughs> in Sweden. You
0: could uh, relate to the... Uh... I
1: could relate where the, the guys end up in this movie. Not that it would be as bad, but as a kid, that was the vision of what I had of adults sometimes. Yeah. Or guys. That and kind of... Uh... Yeah, that kind of bros kind of thing. Yeah. Like And I, th- I think it would be interesting... Uh, to, to hear a, your take a in the female movie
0: perspective. <laughs> yeah yeah amongst, well, like amongst a, other mo- perspectives and yeah. also like a modern <clears throat>
1: female perspective because i think that the movie obviously was made in the context of 1971 yeah yeah and the book came out even I think
0: some would argue that australia i read a few articles of people arguing that australia hasn't changed as much as it would like to think but anyways uh that's a topic we'll get to <clears throat> um,
1: but what's your take in the movie orla
0: um what's funny is uh when you said the name and you vaguely described it you didn't really give me much details um i decided because i knew nothing of, of it that i wouldn't lock anything up i would just watch it i literally i knew the title i knew donald pleasance was in it and i knew the the year that it came out and that was it and uh it was wasn't until i got to <clears throat> they they mentioned going hunting and i went this is that movie, this is that kangaroo hunting movie. And I realized that whenever it was re-released or restored or whatever, 2012, 2013, that I think I read, because I found the Guardian article that I remember reading at the time whenever it came out, and then I was like, ah, I do actually remember this. But it was good that I didn't remember it up until that point, because um, I had this sort of very nice surprise of realizing that... um, This movie is not what you think it is at the start, which I quite enjoyed, because um, it starts off, obviously, kind of, you have this, like, quite kind of slow, nice little opening and nice little humorous humorous little scenes with uh, him in the hotel, well, hotel bar and all, you know, all those nice, really, really nice little interactions. And uh, you're kind of getting to know this guy as a character and how he's a, well... A elitist douche, but um, <laughs> we'll get to his character. But um, and then <clears throat> as soon as he gets into the taxi, I was like, Oh, you ain't leaving Yaba, mate, <laughs> but not in the way that he doesn't leave Yaba. In the in, initially, I was like, Right, this is gonna turn into like some kind of slasher movie, like you know. Where he gets, to, you know, they're all in, you know what I mean? Like some kind of like real world version of like, you know, Hot or whatever, where they, he ends up trapped with all these crazy people that it's kind of like the whole town is a cult or whatever. And, you know, these like uh, crazed, uh, um, like hyper-masculine characters but not in any way realistic hyper-masculine characters um, so then I was very pleasantly surprised whenever we, we get to the scene where
1: Donald Oh uh, no I was just waiting for
0: Donald Pleasant to turn up but the funny thing is is that you Forget about your, that you're waiting for Donald Pleasance to turn up because um, Chip's rafferty is so good in the preceding scenes that you forget. And then whenever Donald Pleasance turns up, you're like, oh my God, Donald Pleasance, I forgot you are in this. Um, essentially, as soon as you have that extended scene, uh, well, like sort of diff- one scene, but different little segments within it, um, where you're, you slowly are getting that full vibe of the just uneasy claustrophobic tension underlying this entire film but nothing that is is leading to the kind of showdown that I was expecting and you suddenly realize that this film is just doing something completely different and I really enjoyed that (laughs) that it slowly as I slowly realized that it was a it was a completely different thing and you really do get that in Firstly, that your man is, you know, the main character is a bit of a dick. And then also that you realize that um, Chip Rafferty's character plays him completely completely realizes what he is and plays up the kind of hick cop you know oh i'm just a sheriff in this little town and like that scene when they go into the little um, restaurant where the gambling's going on one dollar steaks oh god and he you know he's just there and he's like you know oh you know talking to the guy making the food and everything and then he just he, he clocks your man and then kind of goes oh yeah you know oh you do you want to check it out, will just show you this this oh look he's super simple gambling you know just steers him in and like your man's just you know and completely completely sucks him in but not in a a way where it's like this grand conspiracy that they're all in cahoots conspiring to trap him you know it's just that he, he just he is completely recognizes within him that this guy thinks that he is so above this and just guides him in and then um I love that then obviously whenever Donald Pleasance does show up and um, <laughs> you know you kind of it's funny because your man like the whole thing um, you know oh you expect them to sing opera that he kind of he sees he thinks he sees a kind of a kindred spirit in Donald Pleasant's character and that oh this guy's drinking so he must be you know oh I drink like he's just he's drinking because he hates this place you know obviously we find out later that the full the full extent of Doc's uh, life uh, lifestyle but um uh, yeah I like that that he's completely underestimating everyone around him constantly and the person he's overestimating is himself because what's so funny about this entire movie is that Yaba doesn't trap him he traps himself essentially and it, it's just it's so it's it's funny to watch it unfold it was kind of like a a Twilight Zone episode, almost, and how like the full circle of the whole thing is is fascinating. How yeah, how it starts and ends in the same place, and how you know, really, he's going in a circle but getting nowhere. It it feels like a very uh, complete movie in that way. That yeah, it is this perfect little kind of um, uh, microcosm, almost, of like, but full of the kind of intensity, and not just in kind of the. Um, the unease of the film, but the intensity of the male relationships and like I don't don't wanna overuse the phrase toxic masculinity, but you know, this is a very much a film about toxic masculinity and also a film about Australia, but looking at a, what is kind of a specific enough section of Australia. It's men. You know, this is a film about men. There are basically no female characters. There are no characters of colour. There's no, like, There. this is just, this is a, the idea of the but white But at the same man. time,
1: they're in the background there. The film yeah, makes yeah. a point that they're ignored yeah. by the characters, yeah, not yeah. by the film. I yeah, think yeah. That, that that is an important difference to make. The, yeah. the filmmakers are clearly making a point that, to these men when they're walking around they don't see the aborigines they don't see women well it's
0: even when they're um, whenever he's in uh, uh, what's your what's your man's name's house with um,
1: Tim uh, Hines um, Tim Hines
0: (laughs) with the Dickie Bo yeah whenever they're in his house and uh, is it Dick and Joe the two minor guys are just um, I I love their introduction but uh, your man looks out and he's like you know why would he rather talk to a woman than drink beer you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of like, that, that level of male bonding intensity that is like built on like aggression and one-upmanship. and.
1: The uh, moment that got me like in it, this movie is when Tim High shows up and he's drinking tomato juice. I'm like, <laughs> it, it's Hans. <laughs> <advanced. laughs>
0: he pours it into the beer. Uh, it, he's it's like, like sh- Because
1: it, it is, I, I do agree with you that even knowing what the film was about, yeah. Is that every moment that you think something is going to happen, something else happens. Yeah. yeah. When Tim Hines shows up with his dicky bow and little hat and everything, <laughs> you think it's like, finally, there's like a normal person. Yeah. And it's just, oh, have another beer, mate. Oh, God. And it, it's been described as a horror movie, Wake and Fright. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's a horror movie based on people. Trying to be kind in their own yeah, way towards yeah, you, exactly, and it's so different. And what was interesting as well, two things: director <laughs> has one of the weirdest cinematography of all time. He's a Canadian director. Yeah, it links to an earlier podcast because he directed First Blood, the Rambo. So he worked with oh, your, uh, oh, your really? Monster, Beyond the Rain, oh, Black Rainbows. Okay, th- that and. Cosmos. Cosmos uh, Latimos? No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he's not Greek Canadian. Uh, uh. Well um, the he directed First Blood, but and a load of like cheap action movies starring Dolph Lundgren in the nineties, <laughs> but also Weekend at Bernie's.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I was and very confused. This man has such an odd uh...
1: cinematography. Yeah, uh, filmography. Yeah, I was um, like, what are you
0: saying? I thought you were going to say cinematographer. And I was like, well, I don't think a cinematographer really did much after this.
1: And uh, but the the guy that was meant to direct this originally was Joseph Losey, hmm. and I've been kind of like wondering what movie he would have made out of this. Like, accident is very similar in some ways. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, but at the same time, it doesn't have the level of. What I felt is that this movie, the first time that I watched it, is the horror version of Hunter S. Thompson stories, when you mm. lose all sense of morality or like adventure and you just see the drinking. Yeah. And what amazed me is that even watching it this time, that when he has the first beer I was like oh, I'm dying for a beer
0: oh god and by the end of it and by the like,
1: end of it it's like I don't want to ever drink well, again
0: what I'd love to do like you can sum up this entire movie just in like screen grabs of him every morning from the start to the end when he yeah. wakes up after drinking like the first night where he wakes up inexplicably naked uh, you know but he's he's looking a bit rough but not too bad and then the second time whenever he wakes just up the, and, uh...
1: the sound effect of his blinking oh, <laughs> and this the light is, and the flies is, it makes you sweat so this much this movie this is the
0: sweatiest movie like i mean that that kind of like it's it feels almost like a weird like um 70s kind of sweating where your lip is sweating yeah. like his his entire face is just constantly like dripping like oh god and it's just the the like we'll, we'll get to this later like um, with color palette and stuff but like it it I was, you know, I watched this during the week and it was freezing outside, and I, I had like the heat on, and I, I was the film makes you sweat, yeah, like and, and not that kind of like you know, oh, you know, I'm out sunning myself kind of sweat, but it is that kind of like hungover waking up in a boiling tent at a festival kind of heat, where you feel like you will that, never uh, be hydrated. That never again. happened
1: to me, Arla. I'm responsible. <laughs> uh, but the first line in the book really captures what the movie is. Yeah. Jump like on the last as the students are filing out. Jump like uh, can be assured that at least this semester none of the girls in his class got pregnant, and <gasps> it just sets the tone of the mentality of the character that I think that the movie oh does a great God. job yeah. of his
0: judgment yeah. of these people, like his uh, yeah, like the, the whole idea of um, that kind of elitism and g- g- completely looking down your nose at people. Despite not really understanding them or making any effort to understand them, and I think what's interesting about this is that it really shows the two sides of it where these people are obviously leading quite a fucked up lifestyle, and the film doesn't it judges them but at the same time judges him as much as them. But yeah. well like well, I think it's like so interesting about his character is that first of all, and this this kind of leads to my kind of only real big problem with the movie, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um like his character is interesting how at no real point do you like him. Like I at the start he's kinda of charming and he's he's winning, he's a nice screen presence, but you never like him. And like that first conversation. I love that he
1: looks like Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of he Arabia. He
0: does look so much like Peter he O'Toole looks like And a, he looks like somebody else Ryan well. O'Neill maybe
1: from love story and uh barry linden no
0: it's not him it's someone else like i can't remember i think i have it written down somewhere but um uh like you never like him like even just he's his entire um outlook on life is completely personified by that first conversation he has in the pub with the cop and how he's literally just met this guy and he's like, oh, I'm a slave to the education department. Oh, it's awful. I have to work in the fucking boonies. You know, like, this is, literally this is your first impression of this guy talking fully to another person. And he just, you know, he's a knob. He's a knob. And you're completely glad whenever, like, he ends up losing all his money. And, you know, that... You you don't really entirely sympathise with him. Like, he's fun to watch and his escapades are fun and his interactions are fun, but you never really, truly sympathise for with him. Like, and uh, then when you get to the point where they're out hunting and the glee on his face, like, where he's managed to switch in three days from being completely outraged by these people, completely judgmental of these people, to you know kind of getting swept up in the in the uh in the kind of the, the male bonding of it where the competition the having to like you know uh, fit in or whatever getting caught up in that and then ultimately just losing himself completely and fucking enjoying it and that but is also you that catch, is the horror of that but film. you also
1: catch like a couple of minutes when you see him catching himself going I yeah, should be outraged yeah, by this yeah. and then it's like no it's oh, too much no. fun fuck
0: it fuck it Like, uh, but the time he gets into that <laughs> into that like car with them and they're driving through the desert like his face is more just almost as disturbing as the poor fucking kangaroos like it's just and he's loving it and like the, and then it finally coming to a po- the head then where he's like fighting the kangaroo and it's just like you know the comparisons between him as a person who considers himself coming from a civilized world and looking down upon these people who live in this bacchanalian hellhole and but you know these people are born into it you know they were born into like not poverty necessarily but um you know they're born into these mining towns where this is all you ever see. They have no desire to ever leave. It's all they ever know, and he coming from you know this 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 sort of a pedestal of um like oh I just want to go to London and teach and even Sydney's not good enough for me you know and then like he is swayed to the most. A heinous brutality in three days you know it's like it, it, that that is the horror like not not that not that they like these evil people suck at and, and no
1: point his force beyond no, who one mate no, have another point that,
0: that's it. and it's, it's not even where that it, it, it doesn't feel that like um you know the idea of kind of like social social pressure and you know like that scene in um the dragon tattoo where daniel craig gets sucked back into the house and uh, still in Skarsgard, like, you know, you knew that I was dangerous and you came back in here to be polite. It's not that. You know what I mean? It's not kind of a, a critique of, like, you know, politeness in society. But at the same it's time, like, there's
1: an undercurrent of violence that it could break out at any moment. Yeah, yeah. And if you're uh, not prepared for it because he's a teacher and not from Yaba, <laughs> it, that you feel that even though nobody's forcing you to do it, yeah, at any that moment, you might I could, think yeah. that. Uh, Sliding somebody might cause him to lose a couple of teeth. Yeah. And that fear of violence uh, brings you, which is like, if you know you're going to lose a fight, be afraid. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. there, there's no fun in losing a couple of teeth in a uh, fist fight.
0: I kind of thought of, um, uh, hunt for the Wilder People, um, only because of its sort of uh, because it's New Zealand, it's it's you know one of its themes of of kind of like New Zealand masculinity and, and how it's so much built on like the bush and being a man and and that kind of like meatiness. But this is obviously like a much more intense level of it, and and like just really kind of harking back to that their very um, interesting colonial past. But like you know, and and really just. Capturing what happens when, in in a society where men are not allowed, but facilitated to have, like, these kind of relationships where they are above everything else within society. They're above women, they're above... And in this town, essentially, they are above the law. They are, you know, they, these oh, people they are... they are the law. Yeah, these people are running around doing whatever they want. Yeah, like when they and walk
1: in in the... So- he walks into the bar, the first thing that you see is up, uh, up top, a clock that says that it's 11 at night. Yeah. And then below it says, buy when, orders closed at well, half he, six. he
0: comes in and your man's like, lock the door, we're closed. <laughs> yeah. Like, um but uh
1: and you know that it is a bad drinking town if the closing hours of the bar half six in the afternoon
0: <laughs> oh god yes the wa- the water in Yaba is only fit for washing um <laughs> there are some really classic li- classic lines in this but um yeah no just yeah yeah that kind of unchecked um aggressive masculinity and and I mean like it becomes very clear as well that um this is these are this is not like a special weekend for these people like this is not like you know yeah it's christmas but um it's it's, it's the
1: most fucked up christmas movie i've ever seen
0: I, I I forgot it was christmas until i was kind of tracking through it the second time and then i the, the scene in the bar and i was like oh my god it's this it's fucking christmas because they've got like the crooner in the corner as well <laughs> like you know i in the gambling scene um where there, obviously, know, there's kind of like an MC guy who's kind of walking around, and he's like, you know, oh Wednesday, bring your own money, anybody's girl. <laughs> it's like, oh god!
1: Like as soon as they Jesus. go into that scene, Mother it looks like a, a a scene from a fucking Deer Hunter. That's
0: exactly what I thought. That's it. I actually wrote that down. I was like, I thought so much of the scenes in Vietnam, but it's it's that weird, like. It's like the weird ordered chaos as well, where you know he's like, oh, there's hardly any fights, you know, where they they clearly do it's this. Like, every how do they
1: manage the money? It's like everybody knows yeah, what is yeah. coming to them.
0: It's uh, and uh, completely, completely intense and just uh, you, you see, like, it, he, like the. I think his performance is very good because he really gets like um, the hunger in his eyes for the money and for the beer and for everything you know for the for the kind of uh, the carnal enjoyment of the whole thing you know what I mean like he gets that like intense like he gets that kind of mad stare in his eye whenever he realizes when he he's, he's just got sucked into that and he's like and
1: even the when he's making the big bet that he flips incorrectly oh the, he messes up the technique yeah and you hear people getting angry the first time I was watching it it's like oh now they're gonna jump on him yeah and the MSC is like the nicest guy. He's like, come on, lads. You can tell it's the first time. Yeah. Let him do it again. Yeah. And then he explains the rules to him like the <laughs> nicest way possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just sitting there going. What makes me afraid is that I know that if I was in the same situation, I don't know how I would deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you had that close to... Not that I would be as dismissive as he is. From the people at yeah, Yaba, Because I have a completely different upbringing than him. Like I didn't yeah. live in the city all my life. Yeah. But at the same time is. That moment of perceived freedom that you might get if you put all your money in one place yeah. and you get to it just because the sheriff is drinking with you and just buying you beer yeah. and when you go to buy beer it's like oh, come on i'll go get it because i'll get it away quicker yeah and it's like a fucking production line of points i know and i'm like oh my like w- w- what would i have done in that position yeah. that's the thing yeah. and I don't think I would do that differently, and that scares me. And that's the kind of movie that I really liked. That uh, it makes you.
0: Yeah. What would it, I look do? into yourself? What would I do yeah. in that situation? Like and at what, what point? You. At what point do you call a halt, or at what point do you walk away? You know, and as well, obviously, he's got. It's all compounded by the fact that he has no money. He has nowhere to go. He's dependent almost on these people to help him and in order for them to help him he has to hang out with them almost you know and he's there obviously from his own fuck up but
1: yeah and that's why every time that he decides to fucking try to leave somewhere he's in the middle of the desert somewhere yeah, so yeah. you can't just walk out there go and get no. the the 42 it's the bulls weird, to... yeah it's
0: the weird sort of like being trapped in a wide open space you know what i mean where it's just it's it's as frightening as being trapped in a box you know that it's you're both are is difficult to escape really
1: and going back to his performance i think that is really incredible because at no point i doubted his um motivation for scenes and why it was going through his mind yeah or what he was gonna do Uh, i didn't empathize or sympathize in the way of liking his character no but i could understand the situation that he was in just disliking his (laughs) take on it yeah but also disliking myself for thinking yeah probably would do the same because it's so gradual (laughs) that i think
0: would you have a go on Jeanette? would you
1: well like after (laughs) that many points and living for two million years like an entire year like that you let you go from one building cross a railroad <laughs> track to be with this hairy guy in who, the tiniest who might, room. Who might
0: possibly be the sweatiest man, except for Doc, in his little weird string vest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Donald Pleasant's, oh my god. But
1: Not saying that, but mm. like, I did like that that scene is uh, consensual, let's say. That, it, like, yeah, it would have been well, easy for, to make it as, since it is already a polemic movie. Mm-hmm. That obviously they're going for that audience. That would have been easy to make it a little bit more forceful. But you can tell that it is more Jeanette's idea than his.
0: Yeah. Well, Doc makes that sort of very interesting clear. comment later where he's like, if she was a man, she'd be in prison for rape. Like... Yeah, that she is basically just hovering around watching them get drunk and then picking one away for her own pleasure, which is an interesting... Um, like, I, th- I think the character of Jeanette and the character of Doc are, um, in in a way, quite interesting, even if per Jeanette gets almost no screen time and about three lines in the whole thing. But she's memorable, um, though. One of one of which is, uh, she's a slut. She'll have a go on anything. Um, <laughs> talking about her own per dog. But anyways, uh, but then again, you look at Jeanette and Jeanette is sort of... Um, she survived by being one of the boys you know what i mean that like yeah. you know they let her hang out with them and chat to them because you know she slept with half of them and you know they they kind of she sort of elevated herself by degrading herself almost because in their eyes because you know they'll, they will let her hang out with them and not just kind of like serve them and tell her to go away um oh God, but at when the same time they sick. don't they don't respect her obviously but um
1: he gets sick when he's... It, it, oh, is God,
0: it? oh, oh God. Is... My, I was taking my notes while watching that, and I was like, no, 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 oh, no. <laughs> and
1: it just goes on for so but long as well. Her face
0: is just like, just, oh, another dud. <laughs> just but, just buttons up her dress, smooths it off, gets up and strolls back to the house. It's it just, just another Saturday night for Janette.
1: It, it cleans him off as well. Oh, God. Like, um,
0: oh jesus christ it's so bleak and then that whole oh god that like horror montage of him and the room is spinning and like you know oh doc is there and you're like they're pouring drink and he's talking about peristalsis and perry mason uh, <laughs> it's just, oh god yeah it's...
1: That, but even through irish culture but not even irish culture alone if you mm. see any Male-dominated society. It is the same, but this is just uh, exponentiated by isolation. And mm, uh, mm. like, I think that the the part when they absolutely rip apart the bush fucking bar yeah. is one of the greatest things ever put to film. It's
0: so well staged. Oh my god. I was thinking that like the first just the time.
1: the way that it's like where's Socrates? Oh my How god. How did they were able like to like the
0: different things that are going on and all the time you're the bartenders in the background kind of being like oh lads what are you doing? He's just like calm down it's only a party. It's like you know and they're play fighting and it's slowly turning from play fighting into proper violence into like with but at the same time with the with the weird like homoerotic underpinnings and then they're having this discussion and in the meantime he's passed out you know doc is talking to himself like doc suck right. doc then has a complete breakdown and is like throwing chairs and oh my god there's just like 15 things going on at the one time and it's and then like when they get oh then like the scene after that when they get back and it's like all under this incredibly like swinging, dramatic light and incredibly quick camera motion, and oh my god, just
1: shooting around the never, fucking god,
0: never, never. Yeah, it, it's a re-disorientating, clammy film.
1: And I think that it, it it really builds up to to the ending, and that was uh, the the biggest issue I had the first time that I watched it was the ending. Yeah. Uh-huh. The second time I'm watching, I think it is perfect. Not the ending, ending, the ending when uh, he... But when he tries uh, to kill himself. Yeah, when he tries to kill himself. I was
0: very afraid that it was going to end there. Because it went to black and I was like, no. It's
1: even more depressing that he survives. <laughs> yeah.
0: But at the say, what's so fucked up is that like he strolls back to Tabunga. Tabunda? Tabunga? Yeah uh and he's he's th- got a big fucking grin on his face like and, and he, well, he's
1: offered the beer yeah. and he's like i like being and that he, dude and <laughs> he
0: wanders in and your man and it's so funny because it's like your man just sitting there like huh, smiling and he's like almost as if he knows you know almost as if the sheriff fucking you know contacted him and been like you know you never guess what happened
1: and i think as well that it's amazing that it shows uh the depth of like the depth of the film that the person that is the most homophobic and least liberal about women's rights and sex in general mm. is the guy that is portrayed as the educated yeah uh, but that's, f-
0: that's why doc is such a great character because like he he completely knows the, the, the life that he leads there, but he's he has chosen it. He has lived outside and didn't like it. Like, he hasn't like it. chosen it. Like, he
1: was like, oh, I'm not well, allowed to be alcoholic. a doctor as an he's alcoholic. an
0: alcoholic, yeah. But in a way, he chose to be an alcoholic and live on Yaba And he's really kind of enjoying himself. But he knows both sides of the coin. He's, he's sort of straddling it. He's not pretending that he is above these people. You know, like, he, he has completely embraced that side of himself. And to a certain extent is sort of, I suppose, in a weird way keeping it in check somehow. Um, you know, that like he doesn't allow himself whiskey or whatever. But um but yeah, that, that conversation that they have is quite interesting where he talks about Jeanette and says that like, you know, oh I bet you're a prude and and you know, the fact that they're talking about Jeanette at all has made um John uncomfortable. And, you know, you can see him squirming and Doc is just pushing him, just pushing him, pushing him, pushing him because he's seeing how uncomfortable he's making him. And he's like, you know, me and Jeanette really know who we are because... You know, we we have explored, we've embraced who we are. We're not pretending to be the macho man, and we're not pretending to be the elitist. The you know the 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 coastal elite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we 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 know who we are, and we're like more real. Yeah, for they're that.
1: like, oh, we would have been married if it wasn't that we would hate to live with any yeah, other person. Yeah,
0: there's no facade. It's not that. He's married her and kind of like, you know, you know, like treating her like crap and she, you know, where they hate each other, but they keep the facade essentially while he goes out boozing. You know what I mean? Like that, that sort of like structure. Cause you imagine that like all these men have wives that, um, uh, like the two minors, like I kind of was under the impression that these guys had wives or you know what I mean? Had little ladies back in the house that they never fucking see because they're out and they're just there tending their house as well as I imagine Jeanette is tending to their home house. <laughs>
1: oh Jesus! The, oh. the fucking chain that he does oh, with the that's uh, one of my favorite things with about the beer, this as well. Though, yeah, um, what do they call the can? The ring of the yeah, yeah the the can rings that but it they make this them. huge. Fucking yeah, and you
0: chain. see how much they've drank, but it really shows like illustrates not just the drunkenness but the um the boredom of living in a place like that, that like how many hours have they just sat there talking about like, you know, dogs or whatever while he's slowly making this little chain, you know, like just the, the emptiness of it where you completely imagine where when you live in a town like that, how over a number, how over a certain amount of time, how it is that you end up shooting kangaroos in the middle of the night. I think
1: that is uh, uh, very interesting as well Uh, as a portrayal of a desert that you have films like No Country for All Men. They show the environment as unforgiving, but beautiful. Yeah. This just makes you feel disgusted by the the entire place, but it's still beautiful. It just makes you feel... have no desire of being there even when he's just lying down in the middle of nowhere you think oh he's lying either in the road that there's a snake or yeah, something something's gonna get him you said that you have one big point yeah yeah uh that you disagree with the movie or that you well didn't no like no just just that be.
0: it's kind of that he's it's well you sort of touched on it as well that um it's not that you're sympathetic or empathetic for them, but that they are, you understand their motivations and they're very interesting to watch. To a certain extent, it leaves the film feeling slightly cold <laughs> in that uh, there's there's no, it's not that there's no way into these characters, but they are so all so kind of unlikable, except for probably Doc, that it, it, did, it did leave me a little cold so that and donald
1: pleasance is amazing yeah
0: oh, oh yeah oh, geez we'll get to that like his eyes oh my god that kind of whenever it ends you're left feeling a bit kind of like Ugh, you know Ugh, like you You have no desire to spend any more time with any of those characters ever again and that but i don't know if it's necessarily a flaw because i don't know how you make that film and humanize them but at the same time it's not that they're not entirely humanized because they are stereotypes but that's kind of the point really that they're it's the two stereotypes he's one and they are another so it's
1: but as the movie goes on neither feel like stereotypes yeah so it's they I, have real depth to themselves. Yeah, that's like you what can I'm tell saying, that, the, so like that you were saying, of the boredom. It's that not that. You can dumb. tell that this is, they're all in their mid 30s. Yeah. At least. Yeah. At the very least. You can tell that it wasn't like the first option in life that they had was this. This is the idea of a good life that they had. Yeah. It's just that uh, you drink the first time you drink the second weekend after you get a job, you drink the third one. Yeah. And then when you know it, 20 that, years have gone by. Yeah,
0: and that 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 is what you're living for, essentially, is, is the nights when you get to go mad. The, because,
1: and mad it is. Yeah, like, oh the oh the God. fucking IMDb is on they, point like, this time. It is
0: the best IMDb be synopsis for a reason. Like It's just brilliant. Hands down, won it. But um, yeah, so that, that was kind of my problem but at the same time i haven't quite come to terms with it if you know what i mean like exactly exactly how i feel i feel like i would need a bit more time with this movie yeah i think that watching it in the second time uh, really yeah, uh clarifies it, it a bit
1: i was amazed at how <laughs> much it looked like the american version of northern mexico in yeah, like tijuana weird, movies kind of thing it's
0: such a weird mix of like this is a real town. They, well, Yabba's not the name of it, but it is a real place that they shot this yeah, in. Like, uh, it, it, it's a similar kind of vibe of, like... Yeah,
1: Chips Rafferty was from yeah, the town where they shot it. Like,
0: there. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny how... Because that first pub they go into feels really British. It, it felt like it could have been, like, a mining town in, like, Fucking Sheffield or somewhere. You know what I mean? It felt like it could have been somewhere in Northern England, like that kind of interior where it's really overlit and everyone's drinking lager and there's like carpet on the floor and slot machines in the corner. But then, whenever the second bar that he's in, where he meets Bowtie, that feels like it's like a western or it, it is it's like tijuana or something it's... Oh,
1: you just made me remind remember when the, he left the bags there for like four days <laughs> it just comes back and like, oh wait, yeah. hey, they're my bags
0: oh god see that that encounter as well with um with uh the 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 sheriff or whatever is just freaking because he's just looking down at him like yeah, look at you now. You're not so elitist now. Covered in sake right? and everything. god, oh, your man, he's chugging the pint, just like, you really saved my life there. <laughs> and like, you know, he's there in his perfect, like, knife press uniform, like, in the middle of the day. But, you know, he's just there, just like, you know, mm-hmm. That scene, whenever he first, he's in uh, Bowtie's house, And uh, the two minor guys come in and they're like, you know, oh, who's this? Who's this? And uh, the second guy shakes his hand. And because the the version I had, the subtitles were still on. And the, the thing in the subtitles was Crush's Hand. And I was like, what? And I look at it and you see it. There's the sound of oh, when yeah, he shakes it just, it his head. It just goes
1: crack.
0: And I was like, whoa, my God, that's amazing. And he kind of leans into him as well. Just kind of like leering, kind of like. Because initially they're quite friendly. And then it's it's he just doesn't quite say hello in the right way or something. Or the way he stands and they're just like city boy
1: but at the same time is it, they just invite him to do everything oh, yeah, they, of course. they get offended when he offers to buy a drink he goes like when you have money <laughs> yeah. you can buy us a drink until then save it up yeah and, sit down and they nearly punch him for trying to buy a beer it's,
0: it's so bizarre it's funny how this is like mirrors kind of like new hollywood and i actually that was one of the reasons i thought about scarecrow as well because this is kind of like australian version of new hollywood or australian gothic which i discovered yeah. as a genre which i did not know was a genre because i knew so little about australian film before going into this um it's very comparable to new hollywood and i thought that was interesting and as well um and how i well i felt that scarecrow scarecrow failed in some aspects to really um uh demonstrate the kind of mass the masculinity element of it with kind of i didn't really like um, gene hackman's character this succeeds but at the same time doesn't have a character like al pacino to draw you in with the other side of it but whether that would have worked in this film i don't know you know what i mean i'm not saying that it needed that necessarily. But it, I just think they're comparable not just because they're made in yeah, they similar are, ears and have similar... And
1: also like even in the desert and yeah, like, like the, uh, kind of the wasteland, and, and yeah. Uh, and also like even the Denver section, it, mm. it is uh, quite... It, it's similar topics even alcoholism and yeah, ho- yeah. homosexuality and yeah. the fear of homosexuality in the 70s. And I think that this movie it's interesting as well how open it is about the, the yeah. the, the, the actual act even though because the censors probably they did gonna yeah, have a problem yeah. with actual kangaroos getting shot but they had a yeah
0: or showing him naked at the start which yeah. i was kind of not shocked but i was a bit like oh, i wasn't really expecting that it was yeah like,
1: you're not used to saying that even in modern film that is uh, like yeah it's, yeah, it's,
0: yeah i know it I, especially because it's australian cinema which is not dissimilar to American cinema censorship-wise, so I was like, "Huh."
1: No, it used to be a lot more lax. Uh, hence that makes why sense. Uh, Mad See, Max I, got made.
0: Yeah, like that. In my head, I just I have this kind of weird, warped image of Australian cinema. That is a I learned a lot though.
1: But even like Australian cinema in the few last few years uh, has been trying to tackle its way through <clears> their <throat> many, many, many social problems that mm. uh, came with being the British colony. Uh, yeah, but. It is the like rabbit fo- proof, uh, rabbit proof fence, and mm. uh, we're kind of running in other movies th- uh, of that style. But in this case, is the only one that is completely unforgiving about yeah. uh, all the major flaws. It's getting everything that is wrong with Australia mm. in one two hour package. Yeah. And it makes you up. feel very. And I think that I see why you would say that there's no like super sympathetic character that makes mm. you care about. But and I would feel even worse if there was. Yeah, I
0: don't know if that if that that would help anything. To be honest, I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. It's just. Uh, yeah. Now,
1: on the first viewing, I did agree with you. On the yeah. second viewing, I think that it is perfectly judged because, it, if if. If the character didn't lose himself, mm. you wouldn't feel so dirty about yourself. Yeah, and about society in general, and then about Australian society, <laughs> in that order. Uh, but <laughs> and if they did lose themselves completely, or if they didn't lose themselves completely, mm. it just went that oh, this other dude was a flaw, not the fact that he was brought up the wrong way, but just. A different wrong way than this other group of people, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just the uh, the, it is strangely feminist, and socialist movie, mm. because <laughs> it's the same way that you can make an uh, anti-fascism movie about fascists. Yeah. You know,
0: well, yeah, never at any point do you feel like the filmmakers are condoning or even like reveling necessarily. Oh, yeah, that's why it's so uncomfortable. It's it's very, it's very, it's obviously very cinematic. And like all the scenes where the like everything is just spirally under control are fascinating to watch. But it's just it it feels almost that like they they just they couldn't quite look away like that. This was just happening and they ended up just shooting it, you know, that it it, did like the hunt. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus. Oh,
1: yeah. That's something that we didn't really get into it. Uh, What is your moral take of having an actual hunt and actual kangaroos getting shot in a movie? Considering the context of this well, movie, that it was not that they went with the actors; that it was a no, hunt that was like, gonna happen yeah, anyways. So and they did it as I a mean, documentary like, way.
0: Morally, I don't really, I don't want people going out and shooting kangaroos in that way. And, and where you like, they stun them with the lights. Because initially, when I started like watching that scene, I was like, "Why are they not moving? Where are they?" And it's like because they they're stunned, literally. I mean, it's horrifying, but at the same time, like it, the fact that they the filmmakers have like, in a way like brought it to attention and brought it to like international attention. And also I'd say to the attention of a lot of Australians. Because like, I obviously like, if you live in these small towns or towns outside of cities at that time, you would have been very aware and probably partaking in this. But you know did people know that these kangaroos were being like cuz i read that they were basically selling the meat to american uh, dog food factories that like you know this this just gets it gets more and more fucked up like the more you read into this stuff
1: and but, like... Um,
0: like that the and the fact as well is that like it, it's 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 so much more fucked up considering that not that they went and shot it and put it in the movie but the fact that they didn't even stage this just, they did not go and CGI this incredibly fucked up thing Like this, li- this is People actually went out And shot kangaroos In that way And that is fucking and frightening
1: That way is the the case in point That I have of the, the issue With the actual hunt Because like, I've eaten kangaroo And it's quite delicious And even in the movie I thought it yeah. was quite funny yeah, like When I... he gets nearly sick When he hears that he's eating kangaroo Yeah but at the time, I think as well that there was a that we consider an intrusive species the same way as rabbits are sometimes. Yeah, or, or, uh, or
0: even deer that the you know they need yeah, to be culled because they start to take over. Because they're area. not
1: a uh, natural species to that area, I think. Yeah, and they
0: started spreading around and killing other things or taking over habitats basically.
1: Showing it because Ugh. it was a legal thing made it even if it is the case a conservatist. Propaganda because it truly shows you yeah. what it is. If it was CGI or special effects at the time, it doesn't have
0: the same impact at yeah. all. Like definitely not because it would just felt fake and it would have been like, "There's no way that actually happens. This is just fancy." You know what I mean? This is like uh, just gratuitous violence to have a shock in the middle of it. You know that these are these people are just evil. But it's not. yeah, it's not. Okay, I understand why. People would walk out, I suppose, but you you need to see the full movie. I think I I understand people who walk out of movies, anyways. I feel like you need to.
1: Shit, I sat through Terminator <laughs> Salvation. Like. You
0: watch Batman v Superman the fucking extended version, so. But um, just to just to be sure, but uh, yeah, like I, yeah, I I I just think that this film it's worth sticking with because ultimately the film earns that horrifying sequence. I think.
1: It, we only have dipped our toes into the surface of this movie that there's so much into it. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I picked it. But Orla, what's your uh favorite thing about the movie? Oh
0: Probably the performances because there's like three Deller performances, but then everyone else is still brilliant. But there's three, like, I mean, Donald Pleasance is obviously brilliant, Chip Rafferty is obviously brilliant, and uh, your who plays John, what's his name?
1: Uh, Gary Bonds.
0: Yeah, Gary Bond is obviously brilliant as well. And, like, just and that's what ugh. they
1: really merge into the fact that there's only like five actors, and the rest are non actors, and yeah. none of them feel separate from the world of the no, non actors. No. Like, the entire betting thing, there's not a single actor. Yeah. in there there's just people from the town <laughs> and you <laughs> but you you, you, you see Friday Chips night Rafferty and <laughs> and uh and Donald Pleasant and Gary Bond and they fit their parts in that scene yeah without it's not like if you drop Tom Cruise there yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like
0: yeah stars I suppose part of that as well is that it is Australian cinema so but obviously like um Rafferty was a really big Australian star so I don't know what this would be like uh because this is that was his last performance i think but i don't know what this would be like say if you'd grown up with him as an actor yeah to watch it like that might be a whole other thing you know to experience that i don't know but uh yeah i, I would really love to get um an australian person's take on this and if there are any australians listening um and if you are born and grew up in australia particularly rural australia Please write to us and tell us, per um, <laughs> ignorant people, exactly what your take is. But uh, what was your what was your favorite thing?
1: How shitty this movie made me feel! Uh,
0: <laughs> I uh, love it. <laughs>
1: no, it's the, like it is so powerful and it got me uh, got under my skin and it made me realize uh, the difference between this and how I felt watching Dog Tooth. Yeah, that even I did rewatch after a podcast because I was quite ill when I watched it the first time. <laughs> And I still had an issue with Dogtooth, yeah. but it was because I didn't understand what why he was trying the, to do. Yeah, then. like even if it is the, the it is just trying to shock you for the sake of shocking you, mm. if I get that, I don't feel uncomfortable. Because I know where the yeah, director you know is at. Yeah, I know you're being manipulated. Well, like I'll, I'll feel uncomfortable, but I don't feel uncomfortable to be... To allow myself to be under the control of that director because I don't know the director's intentions mm. even if it is to shock you but in this case is that it doesn't miss uh doesn't have any missteps I think yeah it's in very its tone and... there are
0: no wasted scenes in this I think and I think as well they're very well paced there's some very good like Very like just threatening kind of pauses and then and long languid scenes and then short ones and then like like very well uh, constructed
1: almost like a bad memory that you force yourself to forget yeah and then you're watching it the second time and you remember every single moment (laughs) and I was I think it's one of the films that makes me feel the most uncomfortable I think that it come and see by a country mile is the most uncomfortable watch. Ever, but yeah. I, if I watch anything as uncomfortable as Come and See, uh, uh before my days are over, <laughs> uh, I'd be very surprised because that is yeah some fucked up film. But in this, what is interesting is that Come and See is about the Nazi occupation of Belarusia. Yeah, this is about dude having like a wild weekend. Yeah, and, and manages you're...
0: to come close. What was uh, your least favorite thing about the movie
1: maybe the soundtrack sometimes is a bit doesn't it feels yeah. like a western soundtrack but yeah it's so I noticed but it's not really. Start. A completely I out of place
0: completely yeah, because yeah, I noticed at the start how it's this sort of like jaunty, almost like you know, like harmonica yeah, and he's like strolling about and like that great little opening sequence where he's going, you know, he goes in and then like goes and packs his stuff and everything. And uh, I do actually think this film has a great opening that whole opening sequence up until he gets on the train. I think it's just brilliant, but um,
1: and the ending is well, like in the middle, <laughs> it's all
0: good <laughs> yeah, and bad, it's uh, very bad as well. <laughs>
1: But I feel that I should, this movie shouldn't be all right. That it should be about 15th and just given to kids after the first night, after they have a hangover. This is just, college. <laughs> no, like as in don't do this. Like yeah. the, Because it makes you rethink um, the way that you behave. Yeah. And the way that you see the world. But almost criticizing yourself directly yeah because these are all human beings that they might originate as stereotypes as you said yeah but at the end is that you can recognize each in every single one like we've met these people it's just that they never had the opportunity to fucking let go the way that they do in this movie (laughs) yes exactly and you're just going like i i probably would have been in that car I might not have shot a kangaroo, but or I would have been one. in the car. Yeah, yeah. Is that? It's like where would you have stopped? That, that, that's the thing. But my least favorite thing, yeah, the the music probably yourself.
0: Probably, even though it, in a way it's kind of like its strength. Uh, I, I oh, just the the feeling of of the, the like the clammy, sweaty flies, heat, stickiness, ugh. And the, the, oh, you can taste every beer they drink and the, you know, the fact that a lot of time they're drinking warm beer and, oh God. And then every so often they we'd have a little break and one of them would have a cold beer and I'd be like, oh, cold beer. And then I feel disgusted with myself because I'd be like, no, (laughs) no beer ever again. Um. So that I suppose, but even though that's kind of a strength, so, but yeah, just it, oh god, my skin is crawling at just the thought of it at that, you know. Never like I would highly recommend that if you're going to watch it, watch it now before it gets warm. I know this is Ireland and it never quite gets that warm, but if it gets warm here at all, we can't deal with it because we don't have air conditioning. So, do not watch this film at the height of summer because you probably will like, yeah, I watched it like stroke on out of it.
1: Thursday uh 11 o'clock or something and it was like it's so cold and you know when you're sitting down you're going oh i'm f- 10 minutes i'll turn on the heating you're just like <laughs> lazy about it and i realized it was like one in the morning and i was sweating buckets oh. and though i look at the temperature it was like 16 degrees and i'm like freezing myself going like oh this shit but, yeah, um, I I do think that it's a special movie. There, I, there's nothing else like it in cinema that yeah, I've seen.
0: I mean, like there are things that kind of I did think of like Deliverance and and
1: yeah, but Deliverance and, in the he gets raped in Deliverance. Yeah,
0: and like I, I mean, like they're they're similar, but they they're nowhere near as powerful and sort of like Straw Dogs as well.
1: Yeah, but, like, all of them uh, end they up don't, in the violence.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they end up with, like, a complete spiral of... And this is, like, a different kind of spiral. But, yeah, it's, um,
1: it, it's self-mutilation in a social way. I mean, yeah,
0: it's, oh, God.
1: It's a, a, a Killed by kindness is the <laughs> only way. But, like, it's the most mean kindness I've ever seen in a movie. That somewhere someone going, Oh, you're, you're one of us. You're, like... Oh shit! Fucking, <laughs> okay, what's gonna know, happen? Have,
0: have another beer.
1: And I do like, as the final point, the way that the movie is very clever in deciding when to shift its perspective. Yeah. I think that at the beginning of the movie you're very much in the shoes of uh, John. Yeah, and at some point in the movie, you become just an observer. Yeah. That you're no longer yes, in those gets, shoes because the director like recognizes more... that you can't uh, be on those shoes. like yeah. it, Unless you're actually drinking with them. And I would advise nobody <sighs> to ever play oh. the wa- Wake and Fright oh uh, drinking game. Uh, if Jeez you try to keep Christ. up with them, you'll be dead before the movie is over. Uh, and another final point is that I think that is the most apt title for the book movie as well.
0: Yes, I didn't really think about it until um, afterwards... Like, much afterwards that I'd watched it, and I was like, huh, oh, actually, <laughs> it's actually quite appropriate. But, uh, yeah, so that was Wake and Fright. Uh, it, yeah, okay, it, it, is, it comes very close to being a masterpiece, so I liked it, even if it is very unsettling.
1: Will you be watching it again? <laughs> Putting popcorn uh, on on a Friday night <sighs> near Christmas?
0: <laughs> or- I <laughs>
1: putting it in, had, in like, the projector for christmas
0: i had like a chocolate bar because i was like oh, i'll have a coffee now you watch the movie and i'll have my chocolate bar and i didn't eat my chocolate bar because i was so sickened by what i was watching on screen i was just like oh what i know is but, that um, if
1: i if i'm ever broke and i can't afford heating and it's cold i'll yeah, just put this yeah. movie on. <laughs> on a loop <laughs> yeah. oh
0: god um so, <laughs> that was Wake and fright. um and next week it's my pick
1: Uh, what are you choosing me to watch are you are you gonna torture me the same way that i tortured Uh, you today
0: not quite but uh it is martha mercy may marlene uh so where can i find us ricardo
1: you can find us on twitter at the rec game uh the recommendation game on facebook and the recommendation game at gmail.com i was ricardo deacon
0: i was orla McNeanus.
1: until next time
0: thanks for listening